sometimes placed at the end of John. This is sort of a floaty, maybe this happened. We don't know because it isn't written like John wrote it. So you can believe it, but my, my text does not include it in the passage. Like chapter 8 starts with verse 12. Yours may include it if you're receiving text sort of people. I think it you know, probably sounds like an event that Jesus had gone through. It sounds that kind of, it doesn't sound like one of the infancy narratives of Christ or where they're just making up fairy tales about Jesus. This sounds like Jesus, but it probably isn't Yohani. So I start this morning on, in verse 12 as if verse 12 was the next verse after the end of that insult to Nicodemus. Because this whole thing is about your response, our response, Pharisees' response to Jesus Christ. We've been talking for a few months, a couple months now, about your sanctification being whether or not you hear God with faith. Because are you so foolish having begotten with the Spirit and with the flesh? Did you hear, did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or hear it with faith? Hearing with faith is at least the direction we want to walk. And this passage has come up, it's like a brand new hammer, everything looks like a nail. And I'm maybe overstressing this. But this whole section is about what the people in Israel think of Jesus Christ when he was taught. Not when we were reading a Bible study out of the Gospel of God, when he was walking through the countryside teaching them. And they were hearing it from the fountainhead. <coughs> now, you're going to see something in this section of John 12 through 8.32. that leads into one of my favorite sections um, in the New Testament. Because it amazes me, never ceases to amaze me. We're not covering that part, but it leads up. Again, Jesus spoke to them. This is verse 12 of the top of the right hand side. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, okay, thank you, Jesus. That was vague. What do you mean, light? What do you mean, what do you mean darkness? What is the light of life? But you know it's important, and Jesus is saying it, and he's saying it to a crowd. There's trying, some of them are trying, are supposed to arrest him. Some of them are trying to figure out what is he the Christ? Is he the is he the prophet? Because the echoes separated in their mind and expectation. Are we judging him truly? This guy sounds like he's really touching on something important, said the soldier. And Christ, on the heels of that, said, I am the light of the world. That's a, and a lot of liberals think that Jesus was just a wise, ethical teacher that never really made, made claims. Now, well, you know, if I ever said I was the light of the world, 
say. And then to follow him so that you do not walk in darkness and have the light of life. You can understand why the Pharisees were theologically flipped. The people who had studied their Bible beforehand. In verse 13, the Pharisees then said to him, Remember, the, 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 the Jews and the Pharisees were a little bit nonplussed by Jesus Christ already coming out of chapter 7. He's saying more of that than of Christianity stuff. And their objection to him is, it's kind of like the ad argumentum. It's pointing out that he is self-verifying. The Pharisees then said to him, you're bearing witness to yourself. Your testimony is not true. That's what I'm saying. It says you. And you, you say, was that a big deal? I just said I was the light of the world. And you know, all you could do is say, says you. Who died and made you God? Well, I'm going to die. And I'm going to be God. But their, 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 their avenue on this, and I want you to be thinking, not just how much you can blame Pharisees for being Pharisees. You've all been in theological arguments, I'm sure, where either you or your person who was against your position um, was, was scrabbling for some small brick to eat to, because that's all they could come up with. Or you were scrabbling for a small brick. Well, we've all been there. For all he's got, their foot goes back. Now, when the foot goes back, when Jesus speaks, when God incarnate, when God walking around on the earth, okay? This is kind of a big moment. I was, you, you can understand why people thought the thing that Jesus may have touched would be sacred. This is God, the divine. And he's saying things in such a way, in such a way that not only are hard to pick up on, but are designed to be hard to pick up on, so that the group of people, the Pharisees, who didn't like what they were feeling, down the pit of their stomach, their foot would go back and said, you're testifying to yourself. You're making claims just about you. You know something's wrong with you. Where do you go when the Lord speaks? Does your ear hear of um, you? And scriptures say, my sheep know, the sheep know their master's voice. Do you? Pharisees were people who studied the scriptures aggressively. They were prepared, but they didn't know their master's voice. Their God that they were after Send his son to speak. Jesus decides he's going to make this a little more difficult. But it's difficult for us as well. Because we're not 2,000 years ago in this moment <laughs> dropping a foot back in a defensive posture against what Jesus said. I don't really think he bled the world. Did anybody not think he bled the world? We're all Christians here, right? We're all interested in following the light of Jesus answered, verse 14, even if I do bear witness to myself, my testimony 
Now, here's the basic problem with somebody who argued that you're testifying yourself because we all are lacking absolute ontological certitude about everything. And so if you're testifying your own case, well, I have expert witness. Why have you the expert witness? Why have you it, it just sounds a little desperate. But Trey said, you know, if there's one case where it's not really desperate, I'm sure I'm very convinced of myself that um, we know that the revelation of God or any argument from authority is based on the um, uh, the strength of the claim that the agent revealing it to you has about knowing. Jesus Christ is the God who knows everything. And he says, even though I bear witness to myself, my testimony is true. Because we're, we have epistemologies, we have arguments, we accuse people of using a bad form of, a, of an argument because we know how lonely we are in developing true ideas. Being confident of them. Jesus Christ is coming at you as the source of ideas. Not just the source of this idea, but the source of ideas. The source of your being. I know, I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going. You don't know where I came from, and you don't know where you're going. And so, you judge me, verse 15, according to the flesh, I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone that judge, but I and he who sent me. He's, he's leaning into this argument from authority without actually going, um, let me jot his name down for you and his phone number, and you can check with the living God. But he is claiming that the living God has sent him, that he is that first removed from the transcendent. When you look at things like... Uh, it says in Colossians, Colossians, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, and on it goes. That is who is stepping into this discussion in Romans and John's 8. People that are trying to make up their minds about whether they're going to listen to him, and some are, and some are a little bit, and, but some are just amazed. Others are dropping their foot back and defending against it. Now, you're Christians. You're supposed to be following Christ. That was part of the Kyle. Yesterday, I think it was, regarding something. Um, about how the church needs to be saints, but Christians need to be primarily, I've heard of this once or twice, followers of Jesus Christ. Just thinking about it, it's off the top making a suggestion that we should be <coughs> believing everything. Long before you get around to signing the, the confession of all souls Christian church or whatever secondary doctrine I might hold, you should be believing Jesus Christ. Because he's coming at you with this mysterious truculence. You know, like he's like he's like, like if I'm gonna say something, it's not really clear to the Jews. They're not gonna like that. This intriguing. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two men is true. I bear witness to myself as one, and the Father who sent me bears witness to me. Now we all know, two thousand years later, what the what he's talking about. 
He's talking about he is the Son of God, incarnate of the Father, born of the Virgin Mary. We got, we got, we got the things we can say. We know who these father are. They, on the other hand, did not. They were having a little bit of trouble with this idea. And they said to him, therefore, where is your father? That's, Jesus doesn't know. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know I was misunderstood. Uh, let me you know, try to illustrate this very clearly with this diagram. A Venn diagram would see Jesus' father is. Wouldn't that be helpful? You know how little there is about the Trinity in the Scripture? For us, that angry mind is there. But God almost doesn't want something for you to be seeking for the rest of your life to know Him. Who is your Father? Where is your Father? He says, you know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. God said about the passage he read, there's kind of some Trinitarian throwaways, you know, in there. That he says to himself, to them, but if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Wow. That's like, I'm the light of the world. I'm the God of life. If you've seen me, you've seen God. That's mental right there. Or, Jews, now that they're 
Since he says where I'm going, you cannot come.
because I don't want us to be walking in darkness. Having the same view about something theological, I'm having great fun. We had a great discussion last night. A lot of fun. Way too much. <coughs> This is this 
someone who is grotesquely offended by our shining him on and planting our foot behind us so we don't have to quite believe all of that nonsense of the Bible. He has much to say about you, much to judge, but he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world what I have heard from him. He keeps throwing elbows about his qualifications to speak to this because he is the God. They did not understand, verse 27. I put that in bold and in red. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Truth in him. And we're made free. You read it at the end of the book. I, I swapped over into the 
he said, Jesus then said to the Jews who had believed in Christ. So, remember, there were people dicing it out back in chapter 7. Who is he? What is he? The Jews and Pharisees didn't like it. They're going to be rebellious. Jesus is going through this. And Jews are trimming off their own objection to Christ. Nobody's arresting him yet. But he knows he's saying things that are beyond belief. But he's telling you what will happen with belief. And so we are one of those who believed in him. Because in verse 30, he spoke to us, many believed in him. Especially when you have something like that for all the bridge. I am the light of the world. Soft focus to create a meta. Morning. who had believed in him. So, little Bible study off the side, follow-up program of the Jesus Christ evangelist, if you're saved. If you continue in my work, and listen, I included this for this reason, I said it to them If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. He has, he has come with these positive enticements, walking in the light of light, not in darkness, forgiveness of sin, knowing the Father. He comes. Knowing the truth and being set free. Now, it's all, it's all because if you continue, for the first verse we looked at, he who follows me, last verse we looked at, if you continue, in my work. And we're not going to argue about loss of salvation. It's about whether or not you have some moment where the brakes lock up because Jesus Christ said something you can't accept. Might want to read through the gospel. Go there anything I can't accept. Is the way I'm designing my life more perfect? truly my disciples. You will then belong to me as a, as a learning agent. Now, it's one of the, the other reasons, I mean, I, it's not just how this threads through two chapters and the faith passage, if it's faith of the adultery, but this next one, this rest, rest of the chapter is so great. To the Jews who believed in him, skip it to the end of the chapter. <coughs> so they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the Jews that believed in him in verse 32 tried to kill him in verse 59. He's really affected. Because this whole, this whole, in the terror of this moment, where you're trying to decide whether or not your thoughts are going to be given to you by the living God, or whether you're going to appeal to some other authority system, your own. I like coming up with ideas. I can be very wrong. The church, you know, taking an example from Mr. Wilson, like to come up with a lot of ideas and they can be very wrong. 
Bless us in that. Your son's name.